Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Rick Hyland, who is the president of Continuous Improvement for Life. He also is the author of the book, Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step guide on how to live your best life. If you want to learn more about him and his company, check out the website, ci4life.org. Without further ado, Rick, welcome to the show. Jen, it is a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we already got some good vibes off li- offline. So now we're just going to take it online for um, you know our audience to hear our conversation today. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, first and foremost, I just want to uh, start by commending you for your background of 35 years of consulting all over the world. Uh, I, I wonder if you've been uh, stuck at home like all of us in the last year or so. And if you have, uh, how has that affected your consulting, <laughs> your consulting uh- business? To be honest, I retired from the travel B2B consulting business and went online just before COVID. But I can tell you after 25 years of those 32 or so years with RLG International, um, and I retired as the COO of US operate or North American operations, that I was traveling over well over 100 nights, not days, Mm -hmm. but just nights for those years. And I was tremendously relieved not to travel this last year and a bit. So I have, I am personally one that's loved it. So that's awesome. I had some friends who uh, had the travel bug at the beginning or like kind of late 2019. And I had some, uh, some friends who had like aspirations to just travel for a while. And then of course uh, the pandemic hit and you know, that, that all that time they've been saving up for, you know, to be able to travel. It's like, Nope, got to go back home and live with the parents. You already sold your house, you know, (laughs) you're stuck at home. So a lot of us, I think a lot of people are feeling, you know, that itch to want to go out. And I know that the airlines, even you can even pay like a small fee to just, you know, fly in a circle and come back home just to get that feeling. But, you know, good for you, Rick, that, you know, I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah, You're like, you're like relieved. You're like, Oh, I wouldn't do that again. That was, I mean, it was great for that time, but I'm glad to be home and I'm glad to kind of get ahead of the game in regards to, you know, uh, working remotely and and everything. So, you know, I'm glad you got that, got the travel bug out of your system. (laughs) Absolutely. Most people, when they semi-retire want to travel and I, I was the exact opposite. In fact, I didn't travel I traveled for consulting in March of 2020, and I didn't travel for a year till two weeks ago when we went to Hawaii for a personal trip. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel very blessed to have seen all many countries and consulted and worked in many countries in the world. And now I feel very blessed to be at home. Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, so let's talk about uh, your business today, Rick, uh, Continuous Improvement for Life. So you actually you know, formed this LLC about two years ago. And like you said, luckily you did it before the pandemic because it, I'm sure it was a seamless transition when everything started to shut down. Uh, but yeah, you know, coming almost like you're coming out of retirement in a sense, right? Because you said you retired in the consulting uh, industry and now here you are coming back with your company uh, to continue consulting. <laughs> so so what's up with that? <laughs> so yeah, I just I looked around after 32 years and and we had grown that company from when I started from 28 people to 228 people and so mm-hmm. I looked around and said, "Okay, what's next?" 
you know, all bunch of factors go into retirement as maybe some of your listeners know, but one of them was fatigue, one of them. And so I went back to my purpose statement that I developed when I was 26 in MBA school. And I said, well, what's next? And how can Mm -hmm. I, what's the next step in sharing my message of continuous improvement? I've done it professionally and B2B and big companies. And I read a book by Gary Vanderchek. I hope I I didn't crucify his last name, but (laughs) you know, talking about the value of online business and you can reach tens of thousands of people now rather than just the hundreds that I was reaching through B2B consulting. So that was kind of my vision is how can I get this message of continuous improvement out to tens of thousands and millions rather than just a few hundred select clients. So that's why I did it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I know that a lot of your uh, professional life um, in consulting was primarily focused on businesses, as you mentioned, but now you're transitioning more to the personal development side of really helping the individual. So tell us about that and how you decided to make that transition. Yeah, so it, it starts back in MBA school. I'll make a long story short, I moved the family out east to an MBA school, and I was the youngest and least experienced in my class of 66 of this you know, group number two of MBA school. And so we got into year one and I knew I was, you know, young and, and less experienced. And I had just moved the family and away from everything. We, we had two young kids yeah. at the time. And, and so basically, long story short, a, a month and a half in after just working as hard as I knew how and studying as hard as I knew how I got back a test and I was one of the lowest grades in the class. And it was <laughs> like a, a slap in the face, wow. a little mini crisis, if you will, And after I had a little pity party on the Friday night, I said to Cheryl, I'm going downstairs in our little unfinished basement townhouse near the MBA school, and I'm going to work and figure this out what I want to be. And I remember Dr. Stephen R. Covey and seven habits of highly effective people and habit two was begin with the end in mind Mm. and mission statements. And I use those two terms, purpose and mission statements interchangeably. So that was the inspiration that I had that weekend to go down and write a purpose statement. And so at 26, 27 years old, I wrote, and you know, Jen, there was no like big revelations and whistles and bells after that weekend. And I did do better in the the class, although Mm. no one would mistake me to the valedictorian. And then I got to recruiting time and nothing looked good. Nothing kind of matched that begin with the end in mind, that purpose statement that I developed. And so I was a bit of a quandary. And then all of a sudden this little boutique niche company called RLG International. It just started up a few years before, approached with 20-something people, and it had some of the same exact words in it that I had identified in my purpose statement. Continuous improvement, action orientation, value add, help the client. Mm. So I, I mean, I was all in. I went home, told Cheryl, I applied for my job today. So the next day or a couple of days later, I got Remember, this is back in the day of it was posted on the wall in the recruiting office, not online. Yeah. And um, there was 10 names. I went, put my, and I wasn't on that list. Mm-hmm. And so before I could throw another pity party, I thought, you know what? I got to phone the recruit. I got to phone the head office. So I called them up and said, hey, they tell it this way. I, I don't know if I was this bold, but I said, basically, you made a mistake. Hey, this is my job. <laughs> yeah. And I, I yeah. looked at the recruiting list and I'm not even on it. So Anyhow, long story short, uh, they added me. I was number 11 at 5 p.m. And I was the only one that got the job and kind of told how that ended up 32 years later. But it all started with identifying who I really wanted to be. What were my strengths? How did I want to be remembered? And articulating it in a very intentional way. And so I used that through my whole consulting practice. And our, our consulting practice was about 
you know, building deep relationships with C-suite and then delivering extraordinary value. Yeah. And we called it bottom line results. Like we would not touch a client unless it delivered bottom line, unless they could track, it made a demonstrable difference of dollar value at their manufacturing site. So having that experience of deep purpose and, uh, you know, really identifying and clarifying what did I want to be when I grew up just helped me every day on the job. So that's what my experience is. And so now when I retire or semi-retire, I want to say, okay, how do I get this message of personal development around purpose and goals and habits and all those things out to the people? And so that's why I wrote the book and, and tried to dabble in. How do I get this to tens of thousands now rather than just a few select clients? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with the power of the internet and with, you know, everyone being at home, having to depend on the internet, I think there's uh, no better opportunity to thrive um, than now, Rick. So, you know, kudos to you. Yeah. (laughs) I I really want to talk more about, you mentioned this a couple of times, and I think we need to define it for our listeners. Uh, You kept mentioning your personal purpose statement. And so for people that are hearing that for the first time in that fashion, um, what is that personal purpose statement. And I know for you, you've developed actually a simple triple seven process to help people uh, create their personal purpose statement. Yeah, Jen. So when I went to write the book, you know, I I had my own personal experience. I had my experience working with clients around the value of purpose and meaning Mm -hmm. at home and at work and in your personal life and in your business life. But I went and read through all the research papers on it and Mm -hmm. all the, all the books on it. And I saw, and I highlight this in the book, but all the research studies that were done around the country and around the world on the value of purpose. So I knew I had something. I knew I had a tiger by the tail, but none of them, Jen, talked about how do you do it? Like, how exactly do you do it? Even my hero and mentor, Stephen Covey, didn't really articulate the how. And so that was kind of my passion is I I know my own personal experience, and now I've helped uh, hundreds of people find their personal purpose statement. Uh, that, so that's chapter four of the book is the triple seven process. And it basically stands for seven questions to ask yourself and answer and journalize over seven days. It takes seven hours. Although I've been told by many people, it doesn't take seven hours, but I wanted to create urgency and reflection. So mm. seven days, because a lot of people, they know and they see this research that I said. I just printed off two new articles in the Washington Post today about how uh, purpose can help you recover five times faster from a pandemic or a crisis mm. is the actual study saying. But we know we've been through a crisis or going through a crisis here. So I wanted to teach the how. In fact, there's another research paper, Jen, said there's anxiety with developing purpose because you want to get it right. Yeah, And uh, because there's no clear how, it can actually create a little bit of mild anxiety. So that's my passion. And you say, well, how's this book any different? Well, yes, I teach why purpose is so important, but I clearly articulate the how. And so that's my passion is, is how can I unlock in people's brain, reduce that anxiety and help them get to the how do you really develop this personal direction and intentionality in your life? Because as we know, and you've seen studies like this, but the first chapter of my book highlights a palliative nurse in, in uh, Australia that mm-hmm. did a study uh, of people dying and their dying wishes, if you will. And of mm-hmm. course, it never has, well, I wish I would have worked harder, but it always has something around, I wanted to live, I wish I could have lived my best life. Mm-hmm. Well, the first step in living your best life 
is being super intentional and super clear about what that best life looks for, because then you can go out and find it and work it and set goals for it and actions and plan for it. So that's my passion, Jen, is to how do I help people and organizations? How do you develop this clear, intentional, best way to work your organization or to live your life? Yeah, I appreciate that, Rick, because very often they say, know your why and the how will come. But not always. <laughs> we yeah. don't always know how. And there's every message, every, you know, source of inspiration or pep talk out there that says, you know, follow your dreams, like, you know, follow your, identify your why, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But the how I think is so special and you've narrowed it down, at least starting off with seven questions. Um, I obviously people can check out your book to discover, you know, what those questions are, but do you care to share maybe one or two of those questions sure. that our listeners can contemplate on? Sure. Yeah. And I've got feedback from people that have gone through the process. So the number one question they like is this idea of you are at your funeral mm. and you can't control what people say, but what do you want people? What What's the tone and mood and articulation of your life that you want people to say? And then reverse engineer that and go back and say, okay, if that's how I want to be remembered, not as the richest SOB in the world, but how do I go back and say, how do I re-engineer that, that I was happy, successful, whatever words that you want to be described in. So people's favorite question of the seven is always that one, because it helps them envision the end in mind. And then we take them through and reverse engineer that and say, okay, so what's the first step? Not all the steps, but yeah. what are the first step or two to go at living that best life on how do you want to be remembered? Another question in there, Jen, is a really good one too. And that is what is, describe your best life. Mm. What do mm. you want to be, uh, what experiences, what achievements, what relationships describe that best life? And that kind of gets to the same thought. Another question in there is articulate your strengths. And we don't want this exercise just to be rear view looking. We also want it to be forward looking. So yeah. I have a combination in those seven questions, as you could tell by those first three, two of them are kind of forward looking, which are hard and reflective. Yeah. But uh, another one is, you know, what are your strengths? What should you work around? You know, cause that also tells you something. There's lots of literature on strength-based, the value of strength-based working from your strengths. And so that's one of the questions as well. So I'm trying to find that combination of forward looking and rearward looking and to, to describe your best life. Yeah, it goes back to the Stephen Covey principle of, you know, thinking with the end in mind. And you're literally having people think about the end, the literal end <laughs> in mind and, and backtracking from that. And, you know, part of the how to's from what I'm hearing is uh, understanding what your strengths are. Like when you know, yep. like when you know what you're at, what you want, um, focus on the strengths that will help you get what you want. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that. That's absolutely right. Can I just mention one more yeah. story about the how? Because you you raised that point and I did too. But yeah, please. There's such we always articulate in all the books in the world, it articulates the why, all the articles, all the blogs. Yeah. But the how is so invaluable to lock, unlock the limbic system to move to action. And so I was reading a book in July 12th of 2020, and it was Chandler Bolt. It's a little 90-page book on, you know, how to write a book in 90 mm. days. And I always had this end in mind of, I want to get this message out to millions and maybe it'd be cool to be like, you know, write a book and it could never be close to seven habits. Could it? And so Chandler Bolt gave me this little idea. He gave me all the how in this little 90 page book on how to do it, including 
guru.com and, and uh, Upwork and all these websites mm. and contractors that you could use for graphic design and editing. And all of a sudden it unlocked it. Like I didn't have a goal at the beginning of the year. I had the goal to get this message out, mm. but I didn't have a goal to write a book. But when I read that, it unlocked in me uh, clarity and a confidence to go ahead and do it. And so that's the value in how it can yeah. really unlock you and move you towards action. So why is super important? Amen. But how is also important in the question and in the answer? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one thing to have the idea and it's another thing to actually run with the idea. Right. And part of that, again, like, like we keep emphasizing here, it's actually knowing how to do that. And so, um, you know, I think it's really incredible. I am curious to know, you had mentioned that you already were receiving feedback uh, from your book, uh, any feedback you want to share. You don't have to mention names or anything that really speak to the power of, uh, your book. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, it's so gratifying to get a few notes a day and a week and a month about the value of the book in people's lives, like mm. retired executives, 25-year-old entrepreneurs, you know, when you get those emails or comments or even Amazon reviews. Yeah. So last week, based on the feedback and based on, you know, we ran a little promotion and we ran into not three number one in three categories mm. on Amazon for the book. Nice. And then, you know, but it really is the feedback that, that you say, okay, all that time and effort made a difference. It's helping somebody's life, you know, helping them get on track to live their best life. Cause that at the end of the day, that's all, all we want to do. It's, it's how to do it. Of course, is the yeah. magic as we've been talking about, but it's uh, the value of those personal notes and texts and emails and reviews that say, this book made a difference in my life. It really helped unlock something in me that I really needed at this time in my life. That's kind of my favorite line in every little feedback letter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This must be very uh, fulfilling and gratifying for you in this you know, new season of your life, essentially running continuous improvement for life, knowing that you were able to uh, put the how-tos down in this book and actually receive that kind of feedback. Yeah. You know, and the last part of the book, Jen, I just want to mention is that a lot of people believe in the idea of setting big aspirational goals and a purpose and intent. And then, you know, what happens when we get setbacks? What mm -hmm. happens when we get two steps back and one step forward? You mm -hmm. know, was our purpose or our goals or intention wrong? Are those writers that talk about that wrong? Mm -hmm. And how do, what's the skill set and tool set in order to live that best life? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, Clayton Christensen writes a good book, uh, wrote a good book, How to Measure Your Life. And it's about mission statements, purpose statements. But he highlights, you know, Harvard MBAs coming back 25 years later, captains of industry and lots of money. And, uh, and this is a real life case study in the book, second mm -hmm. and third marriages and estranged from their children. So mm -hmm. right now, what are the in intentionality? direction in your life to live your best life, not just your best work life, but your best whole life. And yeah. then what is the skill set and tool set, including gratitude, mindfulness, acceptance, that's going to allow you to get to that best life? Because we all know that life just doesn't happen in this perfect trajectory of, you know, I set this intention and then, you know, magically everything appears. There's a lot of A, hard work and yeah. B, you have to have the skills and tools to overcome setback. And so that's kind of the last third of the book. First is, you know, how do I set my purpose? And the last part is how to live your purpose. And so I've been getting a lot of positive feedback on that part of it. Cause I think in our Western culture, 
you know, most of us know we want to, you know, dream big and go big. And then what's the skill set to be able to handle the setbacks along the path mm. and still be my best self in order to get there. So that's been a lot of the feedback as well. That's very gratifying is, you know, you, you not just talk about dream big, but then you teach us some skills and tools on how to stay on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So Rick, I thought I'd ask you uh, this final question before we wrap up. Uh, do you feel like you're living your best life right now? I do. And that doesn't mean that it's not, you know, two steps forward and one step back mm -hmm. and that we all have to practice those good practices of focusing on what we have versus what we have not. Yeah. But yes, life is incredibly fulfilling. And my goal is Jen, as it probably is yours is to be successful and happy. And I believe we can do both. And that's my, until my dying day, my, my dad, just quick story. I know we're out of time, but my 85 year old father says, Rick, I read your book. I love it. I did <laughs> chapter four, triple seven, and I developed a new purpose for my life in the middle of COVID. I said, dad, that is so flipping inspirational. Like yeah. at 85, you developed a, and he need, you know, he was isolated. He couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. He was, kids couldn't come visit. And so yeah. here we were, he was trying to redefine what fulfillment and meaning looks like in his life. And he figured out that it's about mentoring and it's about helping and it's about serving. And it's about caring and that he'd have to pick up the phone to call the grandkids, or he'd yeah. have to deliver loaves of bread to the neighbors because he couldn't to get that kind of connection that was meaningful in his life. So, you know, whether we're 18 or whether we're 85, we can all use this revitalization to stay on course because it's a journey, right, Jen? Right. right. I mean, I, I'm having an incredible day today as you are, but tomorrow may bring some setbacks and how do I stay on course? What are the skills and tools to stay on course even till I'm 85 and 90? That's the goal. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, age is just a number of like life is life, you know, like you are, we're always going to be on this journey, no matter what age we are, we're always going to have to reevaluate yes. what our sense of purpose is. Um, and, but I think that's the beauty of life is given that opportunity to sort of reinvent yourself and explore a different side of yourself, depending on the season of your life. And, you know, just all good feelings, well Rick. Said. Well said. <laughs> awesome. Well, Rick, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. I want to thank you again for joining thank us you. on the Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Thank you. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Rick Hyland, who is the president of Continuous Improvement for Life, also the author of the book, Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step -step guide on how to live your best life. You can learn more about him and his company and his book at his website, ci4life.org. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. 
We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.